Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is Anthony C. Ferrante, director of Sharknado. Hi, this is the voice of BattleBots, Mark Biro. This is Seth Shostak, senior astronomer at the SETI Institute. Hello, my name is Matt Simon. I am a science writer at Wired Magazine and author of the new book, The Wasp That Brainwashed the Caterpillar. This is Frank Joseph. I'm the author of an essay in the latest book, Lost Secrets of the Gods. Hi, this is Linda Godfrey, author of American Monsters. Hello, my name is Robert Salas. I'm the author of Unidentified, the UFO Phenomenon. Hi, this is Nick Redfern, the author of Close Encounters of the Fatal Kind. Hi, my name is Bob Luca. And my name is Betty Andreessen Luca. Hi, this is Jesse Proust, the producer of JFK, The Smoking Gun. Hello, this is Marty Langford. I'm the director of Doomed, the untold story of Roger Corman's The Fantastic Four. Hi, this is Kevin Randall, author of Alien Mysteries, Conspiracies, and Cover-Up. Hi, this is Tracy Roberts, founder of Positive Statistics. I'm Jeremiah Bomek, the producer of The Real of Horror. Hi, my name is Bill Hall, author of The World's Most Haunted House. Hi, this is Micah Hanks, and I'm the author of the book The Ghost Rockets. And you're listening to Emmy on the Graveyard Shift Talk Show, blogtalkradio.com.
deep within the molten core of a dying star. That's hot. From the snow-capped mountaintops of Middle Earth, orbiting above the Earth in a stolen alien spacecraft. The Graveyard Shift Online Radio Talk Show. Now, strap on your seatbelt, get ready to kneel, true believers, because here's your host, Emmy. Hey, everybody. How you doing? I don't know why that sounds like that. Hold on. Oh, God. What happened? I'm not in the studio environment. Very. Oh, stop it. How's it? <laughs> How's everybody doing out there in uh, radio and Facebook land and wherever else uh, you happen to be? There we go. I think that's a lot better, don't you? Yeah. So I am Emmy, and you are watching the Graveyard Shift Talk Show. For those of you that don't know and aren't in the inn or whatever, Season 8, Episode 20, Summer's Here. Quick, somebody throw a beer some a party. And if you don't know who the heck that is, I feel sorry for you. I really do. I feel sorry for you. No, really. Um, Beerus is a character. Um on Dragon Ball Super, which is the newest uh, incarnation of the insanely popular Dragon Ball Z anime saga. And, uh, oh, somebody, what's up from Vegas? Hello there, Chris, from Vegas. Uh, you, you, you throwing some dice up there? You doing some blackjack? Or, I, I, I know nothing about gambling, actually. Actually, uh, actually I'll, I'll tell you something funny or interesting or whatever. Maybe it's not funny. I have a really hard problem with uh, gambling, actually. Um, if I start gambling, then I won't stop. That's my problem with gambling. <laughs> so I try not to gamble. Sorry, I had a little cable issue. And by the way, of course, you'll notice a huge difference between this and my radio show. Obviously, I do this in my home studio, which is why you hear children in the background. Nothing I can do about that, unfortunately. Um, so there you go. That's what happens. You know, what are you going to do? Unless, you know, somebody out there and that uh, station manager wants to give me a flipping show in your studio. That would be nice. So I wouldn't have to worry about any of this. Of course, I don't have to worry about this in the morning, you know, on Saturday mornings, which is this morning, which by the way, for those of you that don't know, I do a Spanish talk show. On Saturday, um, uh, on Saturday mornings from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. on WQBN 1300 a.m., uh, which is the Spanish station. The show is called Uniendo Corazones, which is a it's kind of like a matchmaking show, kind of. And I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, Chris says they didn't build the city off of winners. You know, you have a point there. Uh, it's it's true. It's true. Uh, there were a lot of people that um, built the casinos there. Now, most of them I've heard. And maybe, Chris, I don't know if you know the history or not, but maybe you can help me on this one. I understand that most of the casinos were owned by actual gangsters or mafiosos. I'm not so sure about that. And um, I don't know. That's what I heard anyway. Um, you know, can you please move this fan a little bit um, this way? Because I'm, I'm catching the, uh, the air, and it's kind of messing up my audio. Yeah, that'll work. Anyway, so that's that's how you have it. Okay, so... Without any further ado, let's get started. Oh my gosh, it's all over the place. Uh, it, those of you that are listening to us, you can listen to us many different ways. You can either hear us audio only, 
on blogtalkradio.com slash the graveyard shift, or you can watch us live on Facebook Live, which is on my page, Emilio Diaz. Normally, you could also watch us on Bid Chat, but it still isn't working. I don't know. I've got a, uh, I don't know what's going on with Bid Chat servers, but for some reason, I can't connect to them. And I gotta, I gotta give my peeps their, their video addiction, right? You guys got, you guys gotta, gotta watch me for some reason. Watch my fat old face on there. So, uh, if you want to watch me live, or you can even watch some of my old videos. Uh, just go and look for me on Facebook. I'm under Emilio Diaz. That's E-M-I-L-I-O-D-I-A-Z. Make sure it's the right one. I'm, I'm in Tampa, Florida. And send me a friend request. And I also uh, export all the video episodes straight to our YouTube channel, which is the Graveyard Shift Talk Show. I have not been doing a good job of that lately, unfortunately. Oh, my God. But I will do, I will do better. I will do better. Anyway, um, but that's every Saturday night, 8.30 p.m. Our season finale for season eight is coming very, very soon. And I can't reveal anything yet because it hasn't been finalized. But if things pan out the way I'm hoping they will, you guys are going to have one hell of a season finale. And let me explain to you a little bit of something about the season finale. It doesn't mean the show's going to stop. It just means that season eight's going to end. And then until season nine begins, I'll be doing a lot of replays and uh, time loop episodes, you know, for those of you that don't know, the time loop episodes are when I replay old interviews, and I mean old. I mean, they could be anywhere from 10 years ago to 15 years ago. Yes, I've been on the air that long, to even maybe a week or two weeks ago. It could be anything. And um, I've interviewed quite a lot of interesting people. I mean, I've, I've interviewed Brad Steiger, a very famous paranormal author. I've interviewed Nick Redfern, again, another very famous paranormal author. I've interviewed local celebrities, local authors, local directors and producers. I've interviewed the very cool, awesome horror host character, Dr. Paul Bearer, which many of you, uh, I'm sure, are, are very familiar with. He's on, our fa- he's on Facebook like all, almost all the time. And, um, you know, it's just more, more is coming, more is coming. So keep it up. Put me on your favorites. Put me on your friends list, and you will know exactly what's going on. Now, I can't forget what's going to happen. Obviously, why am I wearing this shirt? Because Memorial Day is just right around the corner, right? So we gotta, you know, we gotta give some props to our our esteemed um, men and women and hippopotami, or however people are identifying themselves. No, I'm serious. Someone is identifying themselves as a trans species hippopotamus. I am. De- I'm not joking. That's not a joke. That was not a, 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 a you know, a, a poke at anybody. That was just a, being serious. Like somebody actually really is identifying themselves as a hippopotamus. Look it up in the news. Monday, May 29th, in all seriousness, is Memorial Day, and we cannot forget that. That's a very, very important day for us where we remember the men and women that have served our country and many who have died in the line of service to serve our country, and that's, you know, it's because of them that we have our freedom. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be, I wouldn't be here telling you guys who sucks in politics and who doesn't, or who I think, you know, I mean, I'd be taken away to the Hooskow, okay? In fact, just for even saying Hooskow, I'd be taken away probably. So, you know, we just got to give our uh, give respect to those men and women out there that have given the ultimate sacrifice for us. And uh, I just want to say tip of my virtual hat to them. All right, so 
what do we do on this show? Well, I discuss very strange news of the day, and I play interviews when I have them. And what is news of the day without news of the day? So here we go. You know, um, technology is really uh, getting pretty far ahead, isn't it? Well, now instead of, uh, it, it seems to me that instead of real cops getting the blame, why not RoboCop? Well, in Dubai, robot police officers are officially reported for duty. As of Tuesday, police have nicknamed the robotic cop. Gee, what do you think? What do you think they've nicknamed Robo, hello, RoboCop? And, uh, of course, the duties seem more appropriate to Paul Blart Mall Cop. The robot officer was manufactured by Pal Robotics of Barcelona. It has a touchscreen that allows shoppers to report crimes or pay traffic violations. It can also give directions and shower people with compliments, which, of course, always sound more sincere coming from, from a robot, right? Uh, by the way, it can also scan a person's face from 100 feet away. Now, the first RoboCop is just the beginning um, of, for Dubai, which hopes to eventually uh, make its own robotic police force 25% robot, according to Newsweek. Oh, is it for the love of big oil these days? Yeah, maybe, Chris. Maybe that you got to. You're making a good point there, my friend. Maybe it's possible. Uh, where was I? Oh, yes. Now, um, Alan Winfield, who is a professor of robot ethics at the University of West of England, argues there are some serious moral concerns here. Quoted as saying from an, a reputable media outlet, there are big ethical problems if you're asking a robot to apprehend criminals. How can you be sure that the robot would not injure people? He adds that guaranteeing a robot can safely intervene in crime-related scenarios 100% of the time is, quote, extremely difficult. Quote, of course, when robots make mistakes, they are held to account, he said. The problem is that you can't make a machine responsible for its mistakes. How do you punish it? How do you sanction it? You can't. So that brings up an interesting point that I know many of you have heard me make is, should we have robots do jobs that are, in a sense, authoritative or could be considered dangerous for us? Now, by that I mean, should a robot be in a legal or law kind of situation? Already they're having these, these robots do these police-like duties and such. Would you want your – like, let's, let's say you were – you were accused of shoplifting, okay? And so your face is, boom, it's out there as a potential, notice I said potential shoplifter. Well, this robot is going to notice your face. He's scanning around, sees you, and boom, you are in the system, and he tags you as a shoplifter. Would you want to be known as a shoplifter? Would you want a robot to be the reason why you are being apprehended? I don't know about you, but I sure as heck don't. <laughs> I'd rather a human being interact with me and tell me, guess what, dude? You are under arrest. And um, you can sit down and listen if you want. It's okay. Go ahead. I've got a little audience here. So anyway, I don't know. What, tell me what you guys um, – in, um, in the uh, comments here, I know some, there's some of you here watching. Tell me what you think. Do you think that there should be robot policemen or – well, I guess they're robots, so they wouldn't really be a man or a woman unless we make them look that way. That's an interesting little subject for debate. Um, 
Would you want a robot police force? Would you want robot lawyers? Would you want, uh, uh, here comes, robot doctors? And guess what? Before you answer, there already are robot doctors. That's right. You can have surgery via robot. And there you go. And Chris actually already gave his opinion. I served, and my opinion is no. So Chris says, absolutely not. No robot police officers. Chris, I 100% agree with you, buddy. That's what I think, too, too, man. And speaking of technology, we're so, you know, in today's day and age, technology is everywhere, right? I mean, we already got to that point. Well, it seems like it's also in the marriage world because a couple got engaged after man stages the world's first virtual reality proposal with help from the actual. So here's how it goes. A loved up couple got engaged this week. What is thought to be Britain's very first virtual reality proposal. Now, footage has been released of this moment uh, when this particular uh, gentleman, Robin King, produced a diamond ring whilst his girlfriend was immersed in a VR simulation with Dame Jessica Ennis Hill and Jensen Button. The video, which is dubbed Love Virtually, was recorded in Ennis Hill's hometown of Sheffield, York, after Santander UK undertook a national search seeking someone ready to pop the question. Robin, who is a 37-year-old, responded to the call-out. He'd been trying to think up of an original way to propose, and the mysterious advert spurred him into action, quoted as saying, it's still sinking in, to be honest. Well, I guess that would be virtually sinking in, right? So, uh, you know, he said, he, I saw the call-out from Santander while procrastinating on social media and thought, what a daft idea. See, that doesn't, that doesn't work with me saying it. So hold on. What a daft idea. Is that, is that better? Is that better? <laughs> I, knew, I knew I wanted to pop the question, but I was racking my brain to think of something really memorable and fun. I told Kate enough of the truth to get her in the car and up to Sheffield. I said we were off to test the VR experience for Santander in return for 250 pounds. Obviously, there was a massive twist at the end, and she had absolutely no idea it was coming. Quoted as saying, we're both thrilled with the result and big thanks to everyone who helped arrange it. Now we just need to agree on a date. Robin and Kate, who are both 33, who live in Brighton, have been together for seven years. Robin is a part-time electrician, a full-time father to her one-year-old son, and a member of a British beard-growing club. Which, by the way, excellent beard, my, my friend. Very good beard. And it goes on to talk more about them, this story. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and share this on our Twitter feed. And for those of you who do not know where our Twitter feed is, it's at Emmy Shift Show. That's E-M-I-S-H-I-F-T-S-H-O-W. And if you want to share anything with us on our Twitter feed, please do so. I monitor it regularly. I'm monitoring right now. In fact, that's where I just posted the, uh, the article. And um, we will monitor that during the show. Now, let me see. What else? Well, from virtual reality to bird reality. A pigeon was grounded after it was caught smuggling drugs. That's right. It's not enough. We've got immigrants coming into our country, smuggling drugs. Now they're getting creative. See, that's why the, the wall doesn't make, that won't work, right, guys? Because all they have to do is send pigeons. Here we go. No, this is no, this is serious. You don't, you think I'm joking? I'm going to share this with you. In fact, you know what? I'm going to share this with you right now. There you go. I just tweeted it on our Twitter feed. Boom. A homing pigeon in Kuwait is no longer flying after it was caught carrying a tiny backpack filled with drugs, according to reports. Kuwaiti Customs nabbed the feathered male, drug mule, excuse me, while it was flying near Iraq's border. 
according to an Arabic newspaper. Photos from news sites show the bird wearing a light blue pouch cut open to expose a number of white pills. I mean, this is unbelievable. I'm looking at the pictures now. If you guys are looking at them on our Twitter feed, that is quite frankly amazing because it looks like it's part of the bird's actual body. Wow. One of the reporters with the Kuwaiti paper said that the drugs were identified as a type of ketamine, which is an anesthetic that can be abused as a, quote, club drug, according to the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration. Some of its effects include hallucinations and amnesia. The reporter also went on to say this was the first time law enforcement officials had ever caught a bird carrying such contraband, though they said they knew drug smugglers were using the bird brain scheme. In 2015, authorities in Costa Rica captured a similar drug run by a pigeon. Prison guards reportedly found that the bird carrying cocaine and cannabis. Then in 2011, police in Colombia reportedly found a pigeon struggling to fly over a prison wall because a large amount of cocaine and marijuana had been strapped to its body. Unsurprisingly, social media users had a field day over the pigeon. Well, you know, and, and let me tell you something. This actually does, it's, it's amusing. Well, it's kind of sad, actually. But it, and amusing in the way that, okay, yeah, you know, okay, we're strapping stuff to pigeons. But actually, it's not that unusual because they used to do it all the time in World War II. Pigeons were used to relay secret communique and messages to the Allies. And in fact, they were one of the instrumental reasons why we won the war. So there you go. How about that? Well, you know, uh, going on from the news, this is the time of year where, um, oh, well, actually, no, before I say that, I skipped the story. Let me go back. That couple that did their virtual reality marriage, well, I think this woman has beat them, beaten them, because, you know, you hear news about people marrying themselves. And mar- okay, no, 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 no. How about somebody marrying a train station? Yes, a train station. No, no, I'm not kidding. This actually happened. A woman in, uh, let me see, where is it? Where is it? Come on, come on, come on. A woman in California married the Santa Fe train station. It says she's been in love with it for 36 years, and they do have sex. Mentally. God, I hope mentally. The <laughs> Her name is Carol Santa Fe. That's her, that's her name, Carol Santa Fe. And she claims she's been in love with the Santa Fe train station in California since she was nine years old. The volunteer support worker from San Diego takes a 45-minute bus ride to the station every day to spend time with her beloved building, which she calls Dydra. Although the marriage is not legally blind, binding, Carol states it was the happiest day of their lives when they tied the knot and well it should be shouldn't it be like like hit the rail or something oh no 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 that's what they call it when they have sex sorry when they did this in 2015 she celebrated the one year anniversary last christmas carol says she has sex with the building mentally and identifies herself as an objectum sexual a person who is sexually attracted to inanimate objects and structures oh my God. she didn't discover this until she was 40 after she searched online i am in love with a building this is one of the reasons why the internet is so amazing. There's a worldwide debate whether the phenomenon is a sexuality fetish or a mental condition. I'm guessing it's the third thing. Carol was saying, quoted as saying, I'm married to the Santa Fe train station. Her name is Daedra. Oh, well, she goes on. She's saying the same thing that I just uh, reported. She did say that she says hello to the station but tries not to let anyone notice she is talking. 
she added, there is a private bit where we where two walls meet. I go there to touch her. This is interesting. Where I do by leaning against her with my clothes on. Now, it's interesting that I find it interesting that this woman has put a gender to this building. Why, if it's an inanimate object, why just leave it alone at that? Why give it a gender? So it's, a, it's interesting that she put the, the female gender associated with this building. So is this really about her wanting to have a relationship with another woman, but she doesn't want to admit to it, and thus she ta- attaches it to a building? Or I don't know. This is interesting. This is something that, that I think we should talk about. I don't think it's a – you know, I said it was a mental condition, but now that I think about it, she's aware that she's doing it. She's aware it's odd because she says she does it without people watching her. So that's a, that's an interesting uh, little quandary there. Okay, so it's that time of year, ladies and gentlemen, summer, where all these cool events happen with all our fans go to, which is conventions. But before I get to that, you know, uh, I'm a big fan of cosplay. I'm a huge fan of people dressing up as superheroes and supervillains. But some, but th- this guy took it too far. So apparently, somebody who called himself the Joker tattooed himself as the Joker was arrested here in, of course, Florida. The police managed to arrest this gentleman because he was pointing a gun at traffic. Miami-Dade Police Report says the 29-year-old Lawrence Sullivan was arrested Tuesday evening and charged with carrying a concealed firearm. A booking photo shows the word Joker and a knife-pierced Batman symbol across Sullivan's forehead, while tattoos of long stitch cuts are on each side of his mouth. His green hair matches that of the comic book and movie villain. Police say officers found a loaded handgun on the self-described quote-unquote tattoo model. Now, he's being held on a $5,000 bail. Jail records did not list an attorney. You know, I mean, you're going to do that, you're going to get arrested. That's all there is to it. Well, how about real, real comic book villains and heroes? Well, I don't know about those, but if you are where I think you guys are right now, you're probably in Orlando going to Megacon, which is going on right, well, actually closed on 7th, so probably at an after-party. But it's also happening Sunday, uh, 10 to 5, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. No, the graveyard shift's not going to be at MegaCon. But we are going to Tampa Cape Comic Con, and I'm hoping to do a live show there. So I'll be giving you guys some updates on that. That'll be July 20th and 30th, but I haven't gotten there yet. So anyway, at MegaCon, you can see all types of care of, of rather celebrities. There's going to be a rare appearance by Tim Curry. Has anybody, you know, if any of you guys have seen any of these uh, celebrities, please do share, you know, uh, pictures. And um, <laughs> Chris is saying, are you sure he's not Hillary Clinton? I'm assuming he's talking about the train station lady. I, well, I don't know. Maybe I, no, it doesn't look, she doesn't look like her. She doesn't look like her. Tim Curry's at Megacon. We got Stan Lee, Stan and Man Lee. And I'm assuming, I'm, I've been told this is his last convention appearance, by the way. Uh, she's just like Richard Dean Anderson, Famke Jansen, who played, you know, uh, Jean Grey and uh, the old X-Men movies, Alice Cooper, the rock star, Alice Cooper, Brent Spiner, whoever, come on, it's Data, come on, uh, Tom Cavanaugh, who did, who was appearing in The Flash, uh, Danielle Panabaker, also The Flash, James Marsters, who was in Buffy and Angel, Alicia, Eliza Dushku, also Buffy and Angel, Nicholas Brendan, same thing, Matthew Lewis, who played, um, he was in the Harry Potter films. Neville, Neville Longbottom, Woo. Caleb McLaughlin, who was in Stranger Things, he was he's a, he appeared today. He's gonna appear Sunday. Also, get oh boy, Gaten Matarazzo. I really hope I'm saying that right. Uh, he appeared today, and he's also gonna appear tomorrow Sunday. 
Mike Tyson is appearing Sunday only. Uh, Spencer Wilding, who played Darth Vader in um, in Rogue One, he was the actual uh, guy in Darth Vader suit in Rogue One. Meatloaf, come on, do I even have to tell you who that is? So anyway, there's a whole bunch of people here that you can come and watch and enjoy. And that's, uh, you want to know more information about that? You just go to MegaConOrlando.com. That's MegaConOrlando.com. And as I said before, we will be at the Tampa Bay Comic Con this year, July 28th through the 30th. I'll be doing interviews with various cosplayers and celebrities and whatnot. And that'll be, I'll be there probably Friday. Um, they start noon to midnight and uh, Saturday, 8 a.m. to midnight. Well, the exhibitor hall closes at 6 p.m., so I'll probably be there until, you know, before then. And Sunday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. So if you're going to be there to to see me, I'll be there more than likely Friday and Saturday. I'm pretty sure the live show is going to be on Saturday. So, And that's going to be at the Tampa Convention Center, 333 South Franklin Street, Tampa, Florida, July 28th through the 30th. So I'm going to – and oh, as far as the guests, quite a few uh, interesting guests. You know, Val Kilmer is going to be there. Kate Beckinsale, the underworld, you know, John movie genre. Carrie Payton of The Walking Dead. Nichelle Nichols, I cannot wait to meet her. Renee O'Connor. Uh, Allison Mack, who played Chloe on Smallville. Austin St. John, one of the Power Rangers. Um, there's a ton of people. Some Even some voiceover actors. Linda Valentine, who did uh, Sailor Moon. Ma- oh, boy. Mail Flanagan, who does Naruto. Quite a lot of people here. And there's comic creator guests, uh, artist Stephen Butler, Ben Caldwell, Jerry Conway, Clayton Crane, Karen Grant, Casey Jones, George Lu- Jorge Lucas, Pablo Marcus, uh, David Nakayama, Eric Nguyen, Ron Randall. Wow. Alex Savuya. Cool. Um, Christian Slade, Afua Richardson. And there's, and there's author guests, cosplay guests. Cecil Grimes is slated to be there. He's the guy that's like the very convincing lookalike to, um, oh boy, Rick Grimes in Walking Dead. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so that if you want to know more about that, TampaBayComicCon.com. I'm going to take a quick break, guys. When I get back, maybe I'll have time to play. Actually, you know what? I will have time to play uh, that very interesting Area 51 phone call that was placed to uh, Coast to Coast AM served many years ago that Art Bell took a very chilling phone call of a gentleman that flew into Area 51 and pretty sure he got gunned down. Uh, well, I hope he didn't, but I'm pretty sh- I can pretty much guarantee you he more than likely did. But anyway, you can hear it and see what you think. So I'm going to go to break, and we will be back right after this. Sammy on the Graveyard Shift. Just getting started. Put your warm feet on hold, Graveyard Shift fan. Our illustrious host, Emmy. Why the hell does he always say that word illustrious? We'll be right back after this break with more shifty, yeah, like shitty awesomeness. I can't believe this guy. Who the hell does he think he is? Um, oh, okay. Um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be right back.
Broadcasting live from a war-torn battlefield. From atop a 200-foot-tall, last-of-its-kind woolly mammoth. Driving a bunch of drunk zombies on their way to an all-you-can-eat super flesh buffet. Teaching a cat how to speak fluent Klingon. You're listening to the Graveyard Shift online radio talk show. And now, just finished from sucker-punching your country's ruthless dictator. Cuz... Just that damn cool. Here's your illustrious host, Abby. All right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Graveyard Ship Talk Show, the greatest talk show that ever has been, is, or ever will be. And I am, of course, your host, Emmy. And you're listening to me on two different fronts, actually. You can. You can either listen to me on blogtalkradio.com slash the graveyard ship, or you can watch me live on facebook.com slash Emmy Shogun. I want to welcome everybody that, oh my God, it's Bill Hall. The author. Hello, Bill. We actually, actually, I interviewed Bill on two separate occasions. Awesome interviews about his book, The Haunted House Diaries. If you have not read this book yet, you need to read it. Awesome book about a very true story that happened in this in this house. I mean, it honestly, it honestly really did blow me away. So please look it up. Go to Amazon.com or your local bookstore. Order Haunted House Diaries by Bill Hall. Awesome book. Welcome, Bill. And by the way, I also wanted to welcome, I just noticed Rose Rosen came by. So I hope she's, I'm not sure if she's still with us, but if she is, Rose, thank you for stopping by. Always nice to see you in our show. Okay. I promised you that I was going to play a clip from a very old um, Art Bell show of Coast to Coast where he brings in a caller that is flying into Area 51. And this is a very famous phone call. Um, in the well, in the paranormal radio industry, <laughs> and really anybody who who listens and knows about it probably. And this is a very uh, oh, rather disturbing. I'll leave it up to you whether it's real or not. I personally, I think it is real. I think the guy really is flying. I mean, he has no reason. I mean, he doesn't give his name or anything like that. Um, I think it really happened. I mean, you, and people do this. I've known. I've actually known people who have driven up to Area 51 just to see what would happen. Can, can we just... I know I'm famous for saying this, but I don't care. Guys, please don't do that. Please don't go to a government facility just to see if there's aliens there. It's a government facility. You will be shot at if you're maybe, or at least arrest, at the very least arrested. So please don't go to Area... There are tours that go there. They are not official government tours. Let me just say that right now. Any tour that says that they'll take you to Area 51, not, I repeat, it is not an official government tour. It's people that are fans. It's a group of people that are nearby that are local to that area, and they just decide to take people. And they Now, yes, they do know where to go that's relatively safe, but please don't think, oh, just because I'm with this group, I'm not going to get arrested. Yes, you can still get arrested. So... You know, if you want to know about Area 51, there's tons of videos out there. There's tons of documentaries. That's the real safe way to do it. Please don't go by yourself or don't go. I wouldn't even go at all, quite frankly. All right. So anyway, here is um, the call to Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell of the gentleman flying into Area 51. Enjoy. Again, let me tell you, Art, answer the wild card line. My boyfriend is in a small plane north of Las Vegas ready to fly into Area 51. He's been trying to call you by cell phone. 
And uh, here he is. Uh, you're on the air. Hello. Hello there. Is this Art Bell? Yes, sir, it is. Yeah, my name, uh, I won't give you my last name. Okay, uh, wait, wait a minute, sir. Hold on. The, the fax is signed by somebody named who? Jill. Jill. That is correct. So you are the one. That's my girlfriend. Uh, yes, sir. Where are you? Well, I'm up here from Fort Worth in my little airplane. It's a long sea I built myself. It's a bird room design. With the Ford Gennard, I'm not sure if you know the kind, some experimental aircraft. You know, I'm not... ...by that, but not anymore. No, tell me about it. What kind of airplane is it? Well, it's a long, easy. It's got 120 horsepower, like homing in it, but we had it bored and stroked and fixed it up a little bit. It uh, usually flies around 140 to 160 indicated airspeed. I'm right now at 7,000 feet. You know where this place called Indian Springs is? Indian Springs, yes. Yeah. Well, I've been flying now for about 45, 49 minutes here, between Beatty, is that what you call it, and Engine Spring. And I figured I'd just uh, go on up here and uh, try to get into this Area 51. I'm right south of this Nevada test site, or Dallas Air Force State. Listen. And I'm right outside this restricted zone. Listen to me. When you fly, I'm, when you fly into that zone, yeah. they are going to either force you down or shoot you down. Don't you know that? Well, you know, I've been in a lot of Air Force bases, and I've been in the Air Force for many years. I'm an ex-Air Force, but I'm just going to tell you that, you know, uh, as American citizen, we have the right to know what's up there in this Area 51. And I've been listening to people talk about this. Hold on here, I'm making a turn. And, uh, just here. And, I'm, uh, and I'm going to go on up there and see what's going on. And I just wanted to let you know about that before I do that, don't you know? How long... Um, how long do you estimate it's going to be before you, um, I think about 14, 12, 14 minutes. I think crank this baby up a little bit here. Let's do that. Let's crank this thing on up. We've got some pretty good mountains here off to my, uh, west, don't you know? I'm turning up north right now, and I can see, uh, I can see the Air Force base out there in the distance. It's, uh, got three runways. It looks like they're all lit up. And, uh, A-shaped. It's like north-south. Got a lot of desert up here, don't you, boy? A lot of desert, yes. A lot of desert. Now, you're liable to get yourself killed. I'm sorry, sir, you have to speak so loud. I cranked this engine all the way up here. I, I said I said you're liable to get yourself killed. Well, we'll get up there in a few minutes, yeah, and we're just going to see what's going to happen, because this is a... I've, I've got a, a Red Cross is painted on this baby, and i got hospital on it, see? And maybe they're going to think that I'm on a, some kind of a mercy flight and I'm just off course. And I've got the radios cut off, so you can have radio failure, don't you know? And so uh, I'm going to hold this thing steady here about around 65, 6800 feet. Why are you doing this? Why are you I'm doing this? I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I'm a American, uh, my family has been American for years, and I want to get down in here and I want to find out what's happening. All right, then why, why are you doing it at night? Because that's the best way to get in here. But okay, even if I'm you manage, even if you manage to overfly the area, what I'm do you... I'm in the restricted zone. I just entered the restricted zone. I see a bunch of bikes out there. Looks like some kind of a search bike coming on. You're in the restricted zone now? I just crossed that restricted zone. I'm going to drop this thing down. Hold I'm on. telling you, you're going to get shot down. Hold on here now. I got my pressure suit on. I don't really need one of this kind of aircraft. It's not like a jet, but it helps us. But I make some tight turns here, and I'm going to cut down here. 
Now let's see what these boys are going to do. I don't see anybody coming up here in bed. I just see a bunch of lights. But uh, I'm pretty far from that Area 54, and I'd take about another eight, nine minutes here. And uh, it's hard to calculate right now trying to talk to you. I'm trailing an antenna out here about 30 feet so I can keep this phone conversation. If we get cut off, then... Uh, but I'm going to go up here and see what's going on. They say there's a bunch of UFOs, and there's all kind of things out here. And we're going to... I want to get this baby right down here about a thousand feet. And we're going to see if there's any UFOs or anything out here what's going on. Listen, I think you're making a mistake. Well, sir, I might be, you know, but, uh, you know, our tax dollars pay for all this. And this boys, they've been hiding everything under all this black project and all this great uh, funding and all this kind of thing. Don't you think, don't you, don't sir, hold it, hold it, hold it. Don't you think that we have a right to national security secrets? Uh, I think we have, not really, because you know they have these uh, J-11 and J-15 satellites up there, and the Russians, they know what we're doing, and the Chinese, they've got satellites down here, that they know what's going on. The only thing that don't know what's going on is the common folks like me and you, and us common folks got a right to know, because we're funded all this. How long have you been planning this? I got this thing down here by a thousand feet. I've been planning this thing now. I'm right on the deck, next right on the deck, I'm at a thousand feet. Boy, they got my boat popping up everywhere. I'm telling you, they got search lasers, about four of them out here. And I've been planning this now for, oh, anywhere from a month to six weeks. It took me a while to paint up the plane, because I had to use that Emron. Uh, the only thing that's sick to this gel coat I got on this thing. This thing's built out of Kevlar and carbon fiber. I got it dressed, AG positive, 10G snake, and it's overbuilt. I'll tell you what, I want to get down here and burn my like a little frog that's been dipped on by big dogs when I get down here. A few minutes here, I'll tell you that. Because I'm not going to... Hey, looks like there's an F-16 coming up here. I wouldn't be surprised. You're making hey, a mistake. Sam, there's somebody down there. He's got some afterburners on because I can see him. He's about five miles out. That old boy is cranking. Yes, what? sir. And I see something opening up here on the ground. It's uh, I'm pretty low now. I'm starting to pick up all kind of buildings down here. I see something here is level with the with the ground. Is this? They're opening this thing up. There looks like something's coming up out of that. I can't tell you what it is. It must be on some kind of a. Uh, uh, hold on here. I got I got to make this turn. All right. I think this old boy's going to head up here for me. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, you're going to be up here right directly because he's in the F-16. Sure as hell. He's coming to hold on here. I would advise you to turn your... I would advise you to turn on your radio. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. We can do this now. Come on. Hold on. This one boy's coming up here. Now, he's got his lights. He's got his lights on and he's flashing me. Yeah, he's probably... Right, I'm waving at him. No radio, no radio. No radio. He don't know that. Well, if I were you, I'd be on... folks are listening to Art Bell, because everybody listens to Art Bell. Well, maybe if, if, if you're making... i got to get the You're making a bad calculation, because if they're not listening, you're going to be shot down. I don't know what he's going to do here. He's rocking his wings at me right now. This, uh, he's rocking his wings, and he's cutting in front of me. And you know this, uh, oh, don't cut in front of me now, because if he cuts that close, stay off. Stay off. He can use a vortex from his engine. 
and Pat and Whitney engine. We're gonna, just like twin tornadoes, if he gets too close, stay off, bro. Hold on there, I'm getting down on the deck. I'm going in, I'm getting down there, he ain't gonna get me. I'm that damn veteran, he ain't gonna get me there. They didn't get me over there, they're not gonna get me over here now. Looks like some kind of radar gun coming up out of that elevator, uh, that flat uh, area over there that the doors opened up. It's got some kind of a, a weird-looking barrel on it with a light. And, uh, oh, hell, they're doing something. They're shooting at me now. Oh, God. No, baby, I'm going in. I think I'm going in. sure what we just heard. All I can tell you is I got a fax that read Art, answer the wildcard line. My boyfriend is in a small plane north of Las Vegas and ready to fly into Area 51. He's been trying to call you by cell phone. I withheld the signature at the bottom of the fax so I could be sure that if I did get the person, I could verify it. Indeed, it was signed by Jill. Wow. Wow. Welcome back, guys. How about that? You know, I've heard that call a lot of times, and every time I hear it, just chills. Um, do I think it actually happened? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of – yes, you can – you can fake a lot of sound effects on, on, you know, but it's hard to fake it like that. And, and you got to understand, this call was done a very long time ago. So um, he would have to have an impressive knowledge of sound effects and able to, not only that, but able to call them up at will. And I just, I think, I really do think he did it. Because I know people that have gone to Area 51 in places like that, just out of nowhere. Um, I 1,000% agree with Art Bell on this. Um, we, yes, as Americans, we have a right to know things, but within reason, okay? There's a reason why national security is national security and why we have top secret stuff, and that is because it's for our own protection. Now, I know what you're going to say, oh, we can't have too much security because it takes away liberty. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about certain things like Area 51, which we don't even know what it really is. In my opinion, I think it maybe it used to be for something strange and unusual, but I don't think it is anymore. I think now it's basically just a, no, a normal military base. And, you know, I mean, yes, we had uh, the black... Um, Oh, the Black Hawk and the stealth fighter that came out from, from there. That might explain a whole slew of strange sightings in the sky. But, guys, I, I can't say this enough. Please, please do not go to these places. If you do call us. <laughs> but don't go, okay? All right, well, anyway, we're running out of, we're out of time. And, um... I want to thank everybody for listening and coming into the to the comments here on our Facebook live feed. I might just continue this because, quite frankly, the BitChat servers ain't working for me at all. 
and they're not communicating with me on what I should do to fix it. So I don't know. I'm going to continue here on Facebook until I can fix it, and maybe I won't even go back. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Anyway, um, I want to thank everybody for listening into the Graveyard Shift. Tune in next Saturday night, same time, 8.30 p.m. I will be here live, and I will let you know by then um, when our season finale is going to be and where. And get ready, guys, because I'm hoping it's going to be a big one. So thank you again. And until then, until next week, where is it? Where are you? Got it. Where are you? Ah! I lost it. Where did it go? Boy, I tell you, you have something here, and then it just leaves. Ah, there it is. Until then, guys, this is Emmy on the Graveyard Shift, which is brought to you by Word Takes Book. I waited until the end, didn't I? Words Take Flight Books brought you this episode. WTFbooks.net. You can't say I didn't say it, Jeffrey. I said it. WTFbooks.net. <laughs> I'll see you guys next week on the Graveyard Shift. Until then, this is Emmy, and I'm punching out. Peace. You feel that universe? That satisfied feeling only comes from having finished a super epic, awesome episode of The Graveyard Shift online radio talk show. Hosted by your illustrious host, Emmy. Make sure to follow on blogtalkradio.com slash The Graveyard Shift and our Twitter feed, hashtag Emmy Shift Show, to stay in the loop for future episodes. Until next time, Shifties, we're punching out.